This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Well, hello and good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. All set for another round of Playing in the Dirt with the master of the magnolias, the woman for whom there is nothing so exhilarating as squashing an earwig, and the keeper of all that's known about gardens. Your host, (laughs) the ever-lovely Charlie Dobbin. Aww. How about that? That's, you like wrote that. I did. You laid awake half the night Uh, writing that. Well, about 20 minutes. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. What was that master? Mistress of the Magnolias or master? uh, uh, That was the uh, master of the Magnolias. Oh, master. That's good. I like that with the wit. Mistress of the Magnolias. That would work too. Well, either. Yeah. And a good morning to James Patrick Dooley. Yes, indeed. Our producer. Smiling. First voice you will hear when you call these numbers. Here we go. Okay. Okay. For Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, hey, it's toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Now, before we get going on anything else, last week you were charged out of here with uh, Ori, Ori and your friend, and, yeah. and you went off to Workworth. Yes, indeed. Had a good time? It was lovely. Workworth is a really pretty little town, mm-hmm. and it was fun. I mean, I did uh, – they had a lot going on as right. part of the Lilac Festival. Uh, there is a trail. It's called the Millennium Trail, mm-hmm. and there's lilacs being planted along that trail. It's a long-term vision to really kind of fill the trail with lilacs. They're up to, I don't know, 100 or something different varieties now, so it was very cool. So we wa- – well, first I did my speaking thing. Then I had to judge some lilac arrangements, and then <clears throat> we drank a bunch of wine, and then we went <laughs> to the jazz festival – and then the next day we walked the trail. So, yeah, it was busy and it was fun. Very, very, had a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. Okay. You got a whole list of things in front of you there. I Charlie, do. What, what's going on? Well, you know, it is it is garden tour time of year. Mm. So And there's nothing more fun than getting into the backyards of gardens that you would never normally be invited into, right? I mean, <laughs> Well, certainly not us. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, anybody can see the front garden, but yeah. it's those back gardens that, you know, you, you get arrested for peeking <laughs> over the fence to see what, what have they got? Was that a waterfall you know so it's it's that trying to get in there now there's a lot of great tours going on the the big one the the one that we i've spoken about in the past is the one that toronto botanical gardens puts on Mm. it's the through the garden gate tour every year they do it 26th year big tour this year there's 19 gardens i did have a little preview they are gardens of forest hill and south hill so i went on a media preview so we we poked our little noses around the corners wow. of four different gardens. And it's, um, yeah, wow is right. I mean, the big, tall cedar hedges. And you're just thinking, oh, a big, tall cedar hedge. You go in behind the cedar hedge, and there's, like, unbelievable <laughs> furniture, patios, beautiful plants. Pools. Pools, oh, waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one I'm thinking of, it's on, a, it's on a corner lot. So they have a big yard on the one side and a mm-hmm. smaller garden on the other side. But they have seating and barbecues in both 
of these different gardens. And wow. I went, like, how cool is that? Okay, so today we'll have lunch in the <laughs> in the floral garden, and then for dinner we'll have that in the pool garden. Anyway, it's just like wow. Amazing. That's and now, is, when's this coming up? Oh, sorry, that's next weekend. Next weekend. Thank you. Good point. Okay, let me it, tell you some more details there. The entire weekend. It is, and you can buy a ticket, like a pass yep. for the entire weekend, which you may mm-hmm. want. Nineteen gardens or a one-day pass. So Saturday, June eighth, and Sunday the ninth. Remember, there's shuttle buses that will take you from garden to garden. So you just park at the headquarters, Bishop Strong School, uh, use the shuttle bus. There's master gardeners in every garden to answer your questions. There's great gourmet food along the way. Sounds like a real deal. It's really organized. So that one is – I'll be going on Sunday, just so you know. And uh, obviously for any information, go to torontobotanicalgarden.ca. Buy your tickets in advance because they sometimes do sell out. Wow, that All sounds right. like a dandy. Okay. Another one, Georgetown Hort Society on the s- same weekend, uh, next Sunday, June 9th, from 10 till 4, is running mm-hmm. uh, tours, garden tours in Georgetown. $10 tickets available at Foodstuffs. Uh, the Hort Societies of Parkdale and Toronto are presenting a self-guided tour of the Brulee Gardens. That's a really pretty part of Toronto as well, that whole Brulee Gardens and Riverside Drive. Now, this um, is to support community gardens. Uh, If if you um, are participating in this incredible tour, there's also an art exhibit. So for more information, www.parkdaletorontohort.com. Now, those are the Brulee Gardens one is happening also next weekend, next Sunday, 10 to 4. Or no, that's Georgetown. Wait, wait. Too much information. Yep, Sunday, 10 to 4. Yep, it's all next weekend. So weather's going to be with us. Let's, uh, we've done our gardening. Now let's go peek and see what other people have been doing. Very good. All right, but before we go any further, I just have to give you some updates. Remember, tomorrow, the New Market Hort Society annual plant sale, 1 p.m. sharp in capital letters at the New Market Community Center. 200 Doug Duncan Drive. It's an annual fundraiser, so arrive early for best selections. This Tuesday, June the 4th, at 7.30 p.m., I'll be speaking on gardening in a changing climate at the Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society meeting. That's held at the McConaughey Senior Center, which is at 10100 or 10,100 Young Street in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie on the west side of Young. Of course, everyone is welcome. It's a great club, the Richmond Hill Garden and Hort Society. They're just like totally – there's a lot of them and they're just – traditional gardening crazies. They're a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to say wackos, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but they are really fun. There's some real characters, trust me. Uh, okay, and the Agent Court Garden Club is holding their monthly meeting June the 10th, Monday, June 10th, 8 p.m. The topic is Underground Rivers of Toronto-Scarborough Area, presented by Helen Mills. They meet at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, which is 2575 Midland Avenue in Agent Court. Underground Rivers. Yeah. So, yeah, people with knowledge, like, you know, archivists, historians, you know, people that love to share what they know. Yeah. Uh, And this this Helen Mills is one of those people that has all kinds of great information. So Underground Rivers, yeah, neat, eh? So lots of free parking. Everyone, of course, is welcome. Go to GardenOntario.org for more information on any of the Hort Societies in Very Ontario. good. Just a quick check with James Patrick Dooley in the next room there. Is my little bell uh, on the... Uh, <laughs> you lost did I leave bell it in already. There? No, it's... Yeah, no, I left... I got it out. You had it. on my desk. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll find it. Yeah. We'll find it. Because, uh, as you know, 
for first-time callers, they get the little ding-a-ling-a-ling, the bell, and uh, you get your wings, mm-hmm. the gardening wings. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you all set to call, folks? All righty, those numbers again, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be back to talk to Gloria from Toronto in just a moment. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Hello there. There we are. Way to go, Frank. Turn the mic on. Only 50 years in the business. I was going to say, you're so good sometimes and then you completely forget. Uh, I was... I was just thinking of the morning, saying the wonderful weather. It's dank and kind of cold and clammy it's out kind there. Of, yeah, clammy is yeah. a good way to describe it. Well, let's let's Gloria have Gloria warm things up uh. here, okay, from Toronto. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm going to warm it up. Yeah. <laughs> Eat uh, up those lines. Talking about onions, why not? Make us cry anyway. Um, I would like to propagate mm-hmm. or share some of my allium with a friend, mm-hmm. but I don't know... I understand it's a bulb. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether to wait till it seeds and give her the seed heads or whether to pull it up and tell her to plant it or <laughs> what's the way to do it? Well, okay, there are many different varieties of allium or ornamental onion that we grow in our gardens. Um, just because Frank doesn't know, I'll explain it to everybody. She can see my brows are all <laughs> furrowed up here. So it is a bulb plant, as you point out. It's a summer bulb, though we you know leave it in the ground year-round. So kind of tall, green, strapping sort of leaves, and then typically round flower, often purple, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and neat flowers because it's almost like a little burst of uh, fireworks. You know, it's got that mm-hmm. real tiny little flowers all bursting out from the center. Now, the, some of the allium will naturalize, meaning that they will, you plant two or three, and then over the years, it spreads. The, mm-hmm. the whole grouping gets bigger. Have you found that with your allium? That's, that's what's happened. Oh, well, perfect. So are they flowering right now? Uh, yes, they're they're on the wane. Okay, so once the flowers are done, you can uh, often I will leave the flowers to do as you point out, drop some seeds, and you know eventually grow. The thing is that growing bulbs from seeds means they aren't going to flower for many years. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would dig out a little clump of bulbs and give them to your friend and get your friend to just install them. Okay. Your easiest time to do that is when they're still visible above ground. Once the leaves have dropped away and turned yellow, we never really know where they are until they come up again next year. Right. So I would say sometime in the next month, just dig up a little clump, you know, stick them in a bag or a pot and pass them on to your friend and just make sure she plants them in a spot that gets minimum four hours of sun and is in a well-drained soil. Perfect. Thank you very much. And Gloria, I love your choice of words there rather than they're dying off. They're on the wane. (laughs) What a lovely way to say that. (laughs) You have a good day and thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Have you ever asked Gloria if she was a first-time caller? Oh, gee. Oh, I am. I had a feeling. There you are. You have your wings. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for Larry. calling. All righty. Okay, Catherine from North York, anxious to have a word with you. Uh, Charlie, here you go. Catherine, good morning. Good morning, uh, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Um, n- not a first-time caller by any means. Recognize oh. your voice. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I did ask you um, a while ago about this plant. It's a butylon, mm-hmm. and it's in its pot. In a south window, mm-hmm. I potted it. Uh, I bought it last year, put it in the garden, right in the flower bed, mm-hmm. and um, it had a lot of flowers. Now it it's 
beautifully one stem is has just produced a lot of green leaves. I only see one bud on it so far. And the little card that came with it said to cut it back constantly. Now, I'm sort of afraid to mm-hmm. how much to cut it back. Oh, yeah. Well, see, uh, you wouldn't want to cut it back when it's got little buds coming. No. Is it is it a single stem like a tree? Now, a butylon, for anybody who is not um, doesn't know that plant, is commonly referred to as flowering maple. Oh. Because the, the leaves look like a maple leaf, yes, small little yeah. maple leaves. But, of course, maples don't flower with bell-shaped flowers like this plant does. They get usually nice, soft kind of pastels. Oranges, yellows, pale pinks are the colors of the flowers. So it's a very nice tropical, mm-hmm. you know, flowering tropical plant. So is it um, the plant that you have, does it have a single stem and then a bunch of branching at the top, or is it branched right from the bottom? Well, it has a single stem, and that is branching from the bottom, um, not a lot, Mm -hmm. and a lot at the top. It had two stems last year. Mm -hmm. Over the winter, one did die. Okay. But this one that's alive is profuse. Oh, good. Well... Oh, I was going to say, should I take the whole... Should I put it outside in the pot or should I put it in the right in the soil? Well, number one, since you know you're going to want to bring it in in the winter because yeah. it will die, I would leave it in the pot. If you wish to bury the pot underground so it looks like it's planted out there, that's fine. But I think it's always easier on the plant if it stays in the pot because when you dig it up in the fall and start transplanting it uh, in the fall, it can be quite stressful. Uh, on me too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Now, it's, of course, you want it to be in lots of sun, which is why you have it in your southern window now. Yeah. What I would do is um, right away with any plants, we can always, with our sharp pruners, remove dead, anything dead. Yeah. So that we do. In terms of shaping the plant, yes, this is a plant that does like to be pruned in order to uh, encourage it to be more bushy and to have more side branches. And, of course, you take the top off, you get side branches, and that's where you're going to get more flowers. Ah. And that, so if it looks kind of silly right now, now, it's yeah. kind of like tall and skinny, and it's got this kind of one, you know, sort of bunch of green at the top. And it not has. A lot. Yeah. And yet you've got a little little bud up there as well. You will not, like, you'll forsake the bud, but by just trimming, you know, the top inch or two inches off of that plant, you will encourage a lot of side branching, and it is appropriate to fertilize at this time of year. Uh-huh. So it's, you know, it's your miracle Grow or your all-purpose flowering plant mm-hmm. fertilizer that you should be using every three weeks. Uh-huh. And you'll find that that will encourage, again, lots more leaves and lots more flowers. So just do, I would do that one single bit of pruning. off the top now and like I said unfortunately you may lose a flower but you'll be happy because it'll be better in July and August than it would be if you don't okay could you say about how many inches off the top would you say take it down two inches or uh you could I mean it's more a question of how how tall is it now roughly um Two and a half feet. Okay. So, I mean, you could go as little as two inches, and you could go as much as, you know, sort of eight or ten inches. So wow. whatever whatever makes more sense in terms of the, the final size that you want it to be, because you're not going to prune it again until next March. Okay. 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 There you go. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks Sounds for your like call. Sounds like she had the answer you wanted there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Catherine. Thank you for calling. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. This is The Garden Show from AM740 as we broadcast live from uh, Zoomerplex here in Liberty Village. Uh And uh, here we are in the month of June. June 1st. Already. Yeah. I don't know. It just... 
bang happened that that quick. You know? It sure did. I mean, that was some kind of crazy week we just had in terms of oh, weather. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been putting off planting my vegetables because it was so cold for so long, and the ground was still so cold. And you know, you don't want to plant tomatoes into cold soil, so I was putting it off, putting it off. And last Monday. I graded my vegetable garden. I had it all perfect. And I thought, okay, so Tuesday I'll get up. I'll just do final touches and I'll plant all these peppers and tomatoes. And I happened to glance at the weather. And the weather was for extreme rain and storms for like the next three days. I was like, oh, my gosh. I should have had a camera. Me, flashlight attached to my head. (laughs) Nine o'clock at night, swatting mosquitoes everywhere. I planted, though. I got it all planted before that big storm came. (laughs) The miner of the magnolias, we'll call her now. Okay. Uh, You know what? Mm. I'm thinking of June and the people getting out there working that garden. That's great. So what do they got to look out for, huh? They want to be in good shape and pain-free. Exactement. And the the way that you and I achieve pain-free active lives is by taking Sierra Cell on a daily basis. Completely natural mineral supplement somehow magically greases those joints because, uh, uh, you know, we're both pretty active and, and not hurting and screaming while we're doing it. So that works for us and may work for you. For more information, sierrasil.ca or 1-877-JOINT-14. Or pick up Sierrasil at your local health food store. If there's one line that I want to repeat time and time again, hurting and screaming while we're doing it. Uh, that's <laughs> indeed. And we'll continue with Not more. Not hurting and screaming. <laughs> we'll continue with more on the garden show in, in moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yeah, there we go. did it again. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm so used to... uh... The other room there. Uh, anyway, uh, good morning and welcome along to The Garden Show. Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden. And Angela, bless your heart for waiting on that line so long there. We've got you finally here uh, from Toronto. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Uh, I'd like to know if it's okay to put uh, a manure on my cedars and uh, fir trees and um, just any other little bushes I have around the house. Uh, this is, is strong. composted manure? Well, the kind that you would buy in the store now, and they're in bags. Perfect idea. What's good? Oh, yeah. Well, composted manure is obviously from animals like cows and sheep, etc. It's full of all kinds of great nutrient. It's also full of all kinds of great organic material. So our soil, our, you know, a good, healthy, living garden soil needs just that, organic material and life, which comes via um, amendments like manure. We don't typically spread a lot of manure on our lawns because it can, it can be a bit sticky when it rains for the first little while, but it's great in gardens. Just very gently uh, rough up or, or loosen up the soil around the base of the trees and add, at the most, half an inch, even mm-hmm. three quarters of an inch of composted manure to your existing soil, just right on top. You don't need to mix at all, but do loosen the soil before you put it on. Okay, does it have to be watered or... or uh like right away or uh, no not necessarily i mean rain will take it down if we do, if we get into a drought sort of situation then absolutely yes you'll be watering anyway but uh but you know gravity and precipitation will certainly look after i i just don't do a lot of digging i let the worms mix it all up for me and the, all the little animals that are in there the sow bugs they they do all the work 
I just sit back. It's a good idea. It will make them stronger and greener. Yep. Makes the plant stronger and greener, makes the soil healthier, which leads to healthier plants. Excellent. All right. I thought I'd kill my trees if I put if I put it on. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's a very good idea. Okay, thank you a lot. Oh, you're very thank welcome. Thank you, Angela. Oh, Angela, are you first time caller? Oh no, I've been listening for years. Oh, I've bless you. In occasion. Oh, have you? Okay, great. Well, okay. thanks for calling again. Thank you. All right. Okay, bye. have a great day, and thank you for listening to AM seven forty. Uh, phone numbers, by the way, for the Garden Show four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and uh, anywhere else in the province, toll free one. 1-866-740-4740. And remember to let us know if you're a first-time caller already. Don't know whether that's the case or not for Robert calling in from North York, but we'll find out. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. I have a 40-foot blue spruce outside that's got gall. Mm. And um, I'm wondering if that's something that can be fixed or I just have to take the tree down. Uh, no, you shouldn't have to take the tree down. Um, you know what? I'm just trying to remember. It's been a while. So you're seeing those galls. The, these are misshapen lumps on the on the tips, really, of the spruce. Well, most, uh, I'd say about 50% of the tree is fine, and the other 50% is just dead branches. Mm. Uh, he, an arborist came out here and then broke the piece off and said to me, that's gall. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of it before, but mm-hmm. he says you got to take the tree down, so I just wanted to get uh, another opinion. Wow, okay. Well, it is an insect that causes the galls, all right? So there's an insect on the tree. The tree grows around the insect, and that's why you get those odd growths, okay? Um, Now, the arborist who came out said there's no hope. Yeah, he said take it down, like 43 years and 40 feet. I hate to take it down. No kidding. And this was a certified arborist, or this was just somebody with a chainsaw? (laughs) Sorry, but there are people out there that have chance yeah, I, I agree with you. He said he was an arborist, but I didn't actually see any qualifications. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm just, you know, it's been a while since I looked this one up. Okay, here's what I'm seeing quickly on my quick search. Do not fertilize heavily infested trees. There is some evidence that fertilizing without chemical control will actually enhance the insect population growth. If practical, which obviously this isn't, hand pick and burn or destroy the galls before the insects emerge. Uh, If it's too late, after the galls turn brown and the holes appear, also, if practical, rogue out most heavily infested plants early on to encourage growth and more resistant trees. Yeah, can't do anything about that. Horticultural oil applied when plants are dormant, mid-April to mid-May, is reasonably effective. Um, Another application of horticultural oil or insecticidal soap in mid to late September. So this is when that's when the insects are emerging from the galls. And that's the so you're trying to control them moving on to another part of the tree. So it's pretty heavily. It says do not fertilize heavily infested trees. Yeah, hand pick, blah, blah. And that's on spruces. Um, hmm, I'd be inclined to. So you had somebody come out and take a look. And that person said, take down the tree. I mean, there's no way you're hand-picking anything. It's a bit late to do any oil treatment. Yeah, 40-foot or two, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. That's, yeah. And it's going to be expensive to take that tree down. That's part of it. I mean, okay, what I would do if I were you is I would go to the, uh, like, isa.org. That stands for the International Society of Arbor, Ar- Arborists.org. Yeah. And uh, from there, narrow it down to find a certified arborist who is in your area because they've set the, the website up so that you can search out people in your area. 
And you could maybe send a quick email or you could ask somebody to swing by and take a look yeah. and, and follow their advice. I hate to take a tree down if you don't need to. But if it's, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, and if it's severely infested, though, it is something that perhaps will need to come down partially to protect other spruces in the neighborhood and partially because the, if there is no hope, the tree's just going to look worse and worse every year. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I wish I could be more definitive, but that's what no, I would no, do. No, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. okay thanks Robert. so much for your call, Robert. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us here on The Garden Show. Charlie Dobbin on scene here, as it were. And, <laughs> on ooh, scene. On scene. On site. Yes. <laughs> and Lorraine is on the phone from Bob Cajun. Hey, good morning. Welcome from Cottage Country. How are good you? Good morning. How are you? Good. Good morning. I'm having problems with my honeysuckle plant. Mm-hmm. Started last year with these little tiny, look like little uh, green gray bugs infesting the flowers. Mm-hmm. And I've seen worms on it. And the leaves now are starting to get uh, the black spots all through it. Hmm. Honeysuckle are quite susceptible to aphids early in the spring. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, it makes sense, right? What well, aphids suck juices from plants, and of mm. course, what's a honeysuckle full of, right? Yes, sweet, uh-huh. sweet nectar. Yes. So they're just ripe for the for the sucking, so to speak. And the uh, aphids love them. And what happens is the aphids are always concentrated on the the growing tips of the plant, and they do their little sucking thing, and they cause contortion and curling in the leaves, and then they move on to another spot. They leave behind a microscopic hole in the leaf, and nectar continues to drip out. And that dripping nectar then gets covered, particularly with all this humidity, it starts to grow fungus on it. So it gets all this black, sort of gray, furry look to it, which is a fungus growing on the dripping nectar, which is dripping because of the aphids. Wow, what a wicked sight. The flowers themselves are just covered in these little things. They they almost look like ashes. Yeah. So, and that's... That, you know what that is? The that's, little ashes? That's insect poop. Oh, 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 oh yes. Is? Oh, okay. Frass. Frass. Yeah, frass. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> I just got to make sure that Frank's part of this. He loves certain things like nematodes and frass. Those are his specialties. <laughs> and castings. Oh, know. right, castings. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Or They're all connected, yeah, I actually. Know. Uh, okay, so you know what you do? Safer soap, or you can make a mix of soap. And it's got to be soap, not detergent. 40 to 1, water to soap. And you spray the plant very thoroughly. Um, now, I'm, the way soap works is you have to coat any little insects, whether it's little worms or little aphids. You need to coat their little bodies with that soap in order to kill them. Or you can use something like Bug Be Gone, which is pyrethrin-based. Either of them works. So like soap will work. Pyrethrins will work. They all requ- require that you... Soak the plant thoroughly to the like dripping. Like underside of the leaves as well. Every angle. Yep. And with the weather being what it is, you, if you went out and sprayed right now and it rains in you know, the next 20 minutes, you might have just you know, given the plant a, a shower. So you kind of have to work around the weather a bit or be prepared to spray again if it does rain within 24 hours of doing the spray. Okay, I used that, what's it called, the BTK. Oh, okay. Yep. But B- it didn't seem to do anything. Um, well, BT is a, it's an interesting biocontrol. It's a bacteria. So when you when you buy BT Bacillus thuringiensis, it is a powder. You mix it with water. You spray it on the plant. The bacteria. It's so interesting the way these things work. The, if in the presence of the right insect, the bacteria will actually develop on the body of the insect and kill it. Uh, and it's quite magical the way it works. 
But it, it, it's so specific. Certain bacteria kill certain insects. So you've you got to make sure you got the right spray. And timing is everything. So sometimes, yeah, you know, we think it didn't work. But, you know, you may have been effective on some level. It just wasn't um, effective for perhaps a different infestation. Like you may have more than one insect going to town on that honeysuckle. Right, because they've seen worms or caterpillars on it too. Yeah, and if it's a big shrub, you, you know, you're not mm-hmm. going to start hand-picking everything. But you will find that a good thorough spraying, like I said, soap and water or, or any of the pyrethrin-based sprays like Bug Be Gone will do the trick for you as well. Okay, like your, just your ordinary dish soap? But your ordinary dish soap is probably dish detergent. So ensure that it is dish soap and not detergent. Oh, all right then. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for your call. You're welcome. Good Thank luck you for with that. calling, uh, Lorraine. Yeah, and I wonder if uh, we have a first-time caller here. I don't know. We'll find out. Eleanor in Mississauga. Hello. Hello. Hi. Morning. Good morning. No, I'm not a first caller. I've called a few times before. Okay. There you go. Uh, I welcome have a back. burning bush that mm-hmm. I just threw some nice new soil underneath it this spring, mm-hmm. and it is just, just gone so big that I can hardly even find my uh, burning, my boxwood tree that's underneath it or beside it. So is it a good time to cut it back? Yes. It seems to be blossoming right now. Right. But burning bush, we don't typically grow for the blossoms. No, I know that. Uh, We grow it for the burn. If you don't look closely, you can't see it. That's right. So, but you're right. Our our traditional time to prune a flowering shrub is right after it flowers. Yes. But traditionally, we grow flowering shrubs for their flowers. Mm-hmm. In the case of burning bush, we, we grow it for its beautiful fall color. And so you can trim it just about any time. Okay. I would trim it now. Good. Not, but remember, and this is true for anybody who's thinking about doing any pruning, the best time to prune is on a clear, sunny, dry day, yes. not when, with high humidity and rain in the forecast. Because the wounds we leave behind, we want them to be, we want them to dry quickly, dry mm-hmm. and that's you know it's a healthy wound when it's a dry wound. Whereas with the humidity and the rain, it ends up staying wet, and then sometimes we get all kinds of mildews and fungus uh, growing in the wound. Okay. All Thank right. You very much. I love your show. Thank you. And Frank, I like your night show during the week. Well, bless your heart. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll think of you um, in the studio, okay? Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye-bye. So, that's a show I really enjoy doing, uh, Sentimental Dream. We play oh, all sorts you of would. wonderful, You're such wonderful a music. And, I know. All that sentimental stuff right up your alley. <laughs> How was your birthday, by the way? Well, it was fabulous. Yes. And I tell you, this weekend, mm-hmm. I'm getting my birthday like present. this, right now? This, this? weekend. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, tomorrow morning, my mm-hmm. two boys, Kelly and Toby, mm-hmm. are uh, driving from Toronto to St. Catharines, and we'll head out to Niagara Falls. Di has uh, got us booked <laughs> into a, a hotel. Yeah. yeah, and we're going to have a boys' night out, you know, and have uh, there's a wonderful restaurant down there, uh, Braza, I believe it's called, Brazilian. You've heard of this too. Yeah. And, and they walk around with uh, the guys, the gauchos come yeah, by. Trays. With trays of, of meat, and you choose your meat. No. It's a, real, it's a carnivore kind yeah, of place. I guess it's it a is. guy place. Well, it's think. a guy place, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be doing this and maybe have a few pops along the way. I was going to you know, say, you never know. You mm. never know. Pops Might slide pop. into the old casino and drop a shekel or two as uh, well. Well, I hope you'll be earning a shekel or two. Speaking of casinos, <laughs> yeah. um, I'll be, um, I'm on casino duty tomorrow myself. Uh, oh, you're taking my mother. Dolly, Dolly is to the going casino. To the casino yeah. It's her Mother's Day present. She oh. is never happier than when she's in a casino. And it's blackjack. That's she's her game. She's a blackjack right? queen. Well, son of a gun. She's just a card shark. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> oh yeah. She, Knowing you, I would. <laughs> oh yeah. So she's really good. She's a really good player. <laughs> okay. She's getting a bit blind, so she has to get the dealer sometimes to 
read the cards to her, but that's okay because it kind of slows the pace a tiny bit too. And gives her time to work out the odds. Tr- well, hey, exactly. And this is pretty smooth. Oh, she's smooth. Trust <laughs> oh my me. God. She's my mom. Hey, Dolly, you have a great time. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, you have to take a little bit of a break here, and I, I feel guilty. I felt like I've I've slackened off in my exercising routine. That's right. You know, You've just I, been sitting there. So I gotta there. stand. I gotta stand. Up oh, now. there he goes. And, yeah, get way over here. Okay, why is he doing, doing this? Arm extensions. There All right. Okay. So beautiful. Seniors, boomers, anybody who's seeking improved comfort yes. in daily routines with increased flexibility, look mm. at him go, oh, and mobility, might find that Sierra Sil is the right thing to be taking. Both Frank there and I take go. it on a daily basis, and as I said earlier, we, uh, we don't scream and, and whine when we're being active, and that's important because we are pain-free. You may find that Sierra Sil works for you. Give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 or <laughs> some music, or check sierrasill.ca, uh, or pick up Sierra Sill in your local health food store. S I E R R A S I L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we are on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, Frank Proctor, with you from. Zoomerplex in yeah. Liberty Village, great part Very of Toronto. Very cool studios. As we welcome Wayne from Port Perry to the line. Pretty part of the country, mm-hmm. too. That's a lovely Where I'm going to be tomorrow. Oh, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Morning, Hello, Wayne. Wayne. Good morning. Uh, I In March, I started my 80, I got my 80, 80 vegetables, which I started in four-inch pots. Uh-huh. And I noticed that last year and this year, they come up with a new four-inch pot. Mm-hmm. Before, the pot used to be able to plant or turn the plant over and plant the, the vegetable in the garden and, the, and or plant the whole pot in the, mm-hmm. in, in the earth and it would disintegrate. Right, like the jiffy With these new pot. pots they have, mm-hmm. you can't, I can't seem to cut them mm-hmm. or take out the bottom with a knife or, or the, with scissors. Yeah. And last year I planted a couple in the ground because I couldn't cut them and the roots didn't seem to go through. Is it necessary that they be taken out the pot, the plant, or, can you, or will the roots go through the new, new material? They should. What you're probably working with are these newer biodegradable pots that are made from cocoa fiber. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And it's a firmer. It's definitely a firm. It's almost like, um, oh, you know, the stuff. You can't make. cut it. You, you can't. can't. No kidding. You can't cut it. So what I've done, two things. One is I bury. Okay, remember how you never want to have that little bit of pot sticking up above the surface of the soil. Okay. Because moisture will wick right through the pot out into the atmosphere and dry out your little transplant. Okay. So what I typically do is I will plant the the plant in the pot, but ensure, because you can't cut it, plant it down deep enough that the whole pot is underground. Oh, okay. That speeds up the decomposition. The other thing is make sure that you have a good, living, healthy soil. You know, yes, we were talking I do, about... I do. I put yeah. triple mix in and I put uh, cabanure and I put uh, mushroom compost Excellent. and I put in... Uh, 
You know, different, all kinds of compost, and the soil is very good. Excellent, because that so that w- that will make a difference as well. The yes, you're right. The old jiffy pots that were gr- broke down very quickly, also peat pots broke down very quickly, have all kind of been replaced by these cocoa fiber pots. Why did they change them? I mean, it, it, they're so easy. <laughs> I think it's Probably a, a cost factor. It's you know? well, you see, cocoa fiber is just the outer husk of the coconuts, so it's super renewable. Like you know, coconuts grow right before right, your very right, eyes, right. and then they just shred it all up and molded into these pots versus the peat pots, which are, it's a much bigger process to harvest the peat and make right. the pots. And there's a certain amount of controversy that even though peat is re- like biodegradable, not right, only biodegradable, right. but it renews itself, but it takes like millions of years. So uh, Yeah, because last year I, I planted uh, about 100 of these things and mm. uh, I had a very poor crop, like none of the squash came through, none of the roots mm. came through that that. You know, well, an exacto knife is one way. Or do you know what? If you're little, like squashes, for example, you may find it's almost better just to tip it upside down, take the plant out of the pot before you plant, and save the pots and reuse them next year. Yeah, you know, just treat the plant. When you do that, the earth sort of falls away and the root is exposed and then yeah. half of them die on the Right, yeah, you don't want that. Well, so that's where like today is a very good day for planting because, you know, when it's hot and sunny, the last thing you want to do is have little roots exposed. But on a nice, moist, gray day like today, it's perfect for, you know, that kind of uh, upset. Or I've used exacto knives, you know, where you just slice as much as you can. You might not slice all the way through, but at least loosen up the outder husks of oh, that pot. With a knife pot. or scissors or something. Yeah, something sharp. You know, uh, and scissors, it's very hard to get through, but I used tin snips last year too, yeah. you know. It's a lot like, more work than, than we had before. I know. It's so easy. Just pop them in the ground. But if it is any plant, like tomatoes, for example, and many of our plants, we can actually bury them down a little deeper. Even squash, you can go down a little deeper and, and bury that whole pot. Oh, now I've got, so I've, I've done my, some, some planting, I've got something to do, but I'll have to go and Put them deeper. Yeah, the, I think you bury, bury the whole thing in, in the ground and, and see what happens. And they're more likely to, to, to decompose that way. Yeah, will the, will the roots come through? They should. They should, eh? Yep, yep, because once that pot starts to decompose, the roots, you know, roots, they'll grow anywhere. You see them under breaking sidewalks, they can break cocoa fiber. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's thank you so much for taking my call. Oh, You're thanks welcome, so much. Wayne. Wayne, are you a first time caller? Uh, I called, I think, two or three years ago. Okay. okay. Well, well, but I, I, I guess that's the first time call because well, I called when I was in the city, but I've lived here for. Well, there you well, go. Here you go. First Just minute. Yeah. Now, so first I, I, time. This is my first call from, <laughs> from here. Port Perry. Well, Get your wings, thank you, you for betcha. calling. <laughs> <laughs> thank Again. you very much, Wayne. Okay. Thank well, you. Good luck. Okay. With that. Have a good day, and good luck with that. Those pots that are. Tough sons of guns. They are. Huh? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I've talked to some of the growers about it. Like I said, you know, what is with these pots? These are crazy. But it's great for the growers. It's Because it, they last a little longer in the trays right. in, at retail yeah. and in trucks and stuff than the ones that Wayne was suggesting fall apart so easily. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. There you go. Mm. Hey, my namesake's on the line here really? from Caledon. Frank, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Everybody's fine. Hi, Charlie. Uh, uh, I called this winter regarding I have a lemon plant, mm-hmm. a lemon tree. Yep. Uh, it's the type of lemon which uh, the tree is like the very, very broad, big leaves, and they have a very nice aroma, mm-hmm. and they make this big, big uh, lemon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I called regarding I had some scales on, and then you told me to get some humidity, which I, I sort of made it through the winter to keep ahead of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. But I now I have the uh, same tree. I have steel scales on it, and mm-hmm. they have a lot of flowers, and I just wanted to know what to spray on them uh, with flowers like that, not mm-hmm. to hurt the flowers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the same time, the trees, like, you know, you can just look at it and the flower falls. So they're not very, no. something is missing somewhere. I don't know what. Uh, might be the, the earth itself uh, is, is implanted into, um, I, the plant was given to me like that. It's like a, a potting soil, sort of, uh, with a little, make your lights, whatever yeah, you call it, just a little right. foam things into the soil, the black. And it's not very firm, you know, like you can just about move the plant. Like if you take the the tree by the trunk, you can kind of move it around a little bit because it's not very firm. Maybe it's the soil itself. I don't know. So how long has it been in that pot? How many years? Oh, probably about, I would say, at least two to three years. Hmm. Okay, so, uh, and is it, do you have to take that tree outside for the summer? Uh, yes, I do. It's uh, sitting outside right now. I, I take it outside. But actually, the first year that I have it, it was it belonged to uh, my sister. Actually, give it to me. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. So here's what I would do. Yeah. So it feels a bit loose in the pot. Do you yeah. see any evidence of roots coming out the bottom? Because uh, I'm assuming no. it's in dra- no, uh, no, pot it with drainage. Okay. Yeah. Two years. I mean, you could maybe wait another year or two before you repot or transplant. But the pot is big. It's yeah. like uh, over two feet. Right. By maybe 20 inches high. Yeah, so it's a really big pot. And I wonder, so probably your sister put it in that pot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Scale on lemons is not that unusual. Uh, And often, as you point out, you're seeing the scale in a big way as the the tree is flowering. Yeah. The best way to control scale insects is with oil, horticultural oil or neem oil. So N- I have some horticultural oil. Okay. But I was wondering if I could spray it without hurting the, the, the buds. Well, um, what, where you want to be spraying is the scales, and of course you really don't want to be spraying the flowers. Wow. Okay. Is a possible... That'd be pretty hard. Yeah, I know. Po- I, I mean, got like a million flowers. Oh, <laughs> it smells great, too. Yeah. I, bet. I yeah. love them, yeah. So, I mean, that's your challenge is to... Uh, see, I'd be inclined to try and do a spray thoroughly of the leaves, trying to avoid the flowers as much as you can, keeping in mind that the scale is on the underside of the leaves or along the branches. Yes. So you're going to try and sort of avoid the tips and sort of concentrate your spraying where you see the scale. Wait 10 days. By that time, the flowers should be done, and then spray again. The, um, so the, if there's no more, like if the flower is out and it's just the, the fruit, would be, I guess, mm-hmm. after the, the petal fall. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's okay to spray it. Oh, then it's the, fine. Yeah. Yep, that's fine. Yeah, it's okay. not going to affect anything. I mean, you do want to be careful that there aren't, I mean, there are rules around um, spraying any fruit trees, not typically tropical fruits, but, you know, apples and pears, yes. when they're flowering. Yes, so you kind of have to keep that in the back of your mind, that, you know, this is a, a flowering tree that is going to potentially be attracting insects. So that's why we don't like the idea of spraying when it's flowering. Well, yes. yes. And, uh, uh, I got a lot of trees I know about that. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. if you if you can wait, the, if for now, just maybe use some uh, a good water, you know, a kind of a sharp stream of water off the hose uh-huh. uh, to give the plant a good thorough washing. You might knock some of the scale off that way. Hand pick oh, any that you can. Unbelievable. How, yeah. Do you know how they multiply so fast? Like they're there, they're not there today and tomorrow they're there. <laughs> I know. Their eggs are pretty tiny. You don't see them, that's for sure. And scale are, um, yeah, they are one of the few insects that can lay eggs without ever mating. 
So uh, that's um, called parthenogenesis, when they can just lay eggs. Parthenogenesis? Oh. Write that down. I'm going to write that one that's down. That's your <laughs> word for the day. <laughs> i got to get the encyclopedia for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, scale insects are, are often all female, and they just, every single one of them can lay eggs. How fast would they, uh, from an egg, how fast would they come as an adult? Uh, from right, the like nymph week, to the adult, weeks. yeah, I think it's about ten days, depending ten on days, temperatures. Yeah. yeah, that's figure because of boom. All of a sudden, I said, I looked yesterday, a branch yesterday, today it's full again. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, and they're not a nice insect at all. No, they can really do no. damage. Well, no. good luck with that, Frank. Hope, yeah. uh, hope you're able to conquer that. Any idea why the, the fruit, uh, the flower will fall? Like the fruit, uh, I mean. The flower itself, any idea at all? Well, because the, the plant is under stress with the and insect it, when eh? it's infested like that. And exactly. Yeah. So the plant tends to shed uh, and to hunker down when it's under stress. Okay. Okay. Uh, mo- uh, like fertilizing will help? Uh, uh, at this point, I'd concentrate more on getting rid of the scale. And then you're absolutely right. I would consider yeah, fertilizer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All okay, right. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for your okay. call. Bye. Okay, Bye-bye. take care of the folks in Caledon listening to AM740 Zoomer Radio. And telepathically, <laughs> I've received a message from James Patrick Dooley that we have a first-time caller on the line <laughs> whom we'll get to momentarily here on The Garden Show. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, the first day of June, and Alan Gelman walks in with a pair of shorts. What neat knees I know, knees look at the got. legs. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> They'll be coming along. Dave's Ooh, Corner Garage coming up, of course. <laughs> well, let's get to the line here because I'm anxious to say hi and welcome to Grace, a first-time caller from Curtis, Ontario. Hello there, Grace. Hello. <laughs> Morning. Oh, I'm so lucky to oh, be able to get through. And to get your wings all at once. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yes, I have a question for uh, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. I am rather proud of all my irises. I have giant irises, mm. and I have four different colors. Mm-hmm. I have about uh, 50 to 75. Wow that I've had for the last 16 to 18 years. Mm-hmm. And every year I've had such a show. Uh, but the last three, four years, they started to decline and mm-hmm. decline. And finally this year, with all of the ones, all the plants that I have, maybe I have three blooms. Right. Lots of leaves, three not a lot stalks. of flowers. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know. I've um, transplanted, split and transplanted about 25 of them last year. Oh, but, um, nah, not yeah, because that's what I was going to say. That, and what time of year did you do that transplanting? Oh, around July. Okay. So August, yeah, late July, August is the time to be yeah. dividing and transplanting. Now, one of the reasons, or the most, there's two reasons why giant irises don't bloom. Number one reason, and you probably know this, is if they're planted too deep, those rhizome-type roots. Oh, yeah, but all the rhizomes rot. are all rough. Right. Yeah. yeah, so we, we plant them right on the surface, and that yeah. way they're getting adequate uh, drainage, etc. And the yeah. other classic reason why irises don't bloom is because they're overcrowded. And uh, that's why every three to four years, we it's a lot of work, but it's the old lift the entire patch up, mm-hmm. you know, give away 80% of it, and then replant what's, you know, 20% to allow that space again. So yeah. I imagine that's what you you did last summer, and, and you're just finding that it's, it's not working. You just got a lot of leaves um so um, when you transplant uh, will, will you get the blooms the next year or you, you have to sh- be 
No, you should get... Now, they always say that the best blooming will happen in the second to third year after you've done your dividing and transplanting. Um, the, the soil is well-drained, I assume, and it's yeah, full yeah. sun. Is there uh, a lot? They're all different parts of my garden, okay. so uh, some parts the, the soil is uh, pretty dry and hard. Other parts is more moist. Mm-hmm. Other parts uh, it's very good. Mm-hmm. But um, no, and, I think they all stopped. And we, they would need to be in a place that is at least six hours of sun, direct yeah, sun. Yeah, they do get a lot of sun. A lot sun. of sun is good. Yeah. Um, okay, and of course, like I said, it's partly when we do that digging and dividing and transplanting is that we're actually shrinking the number of plants in any given patch. So I guess yes. you've just been spreading and adding, creating more gardens. The other thing is, did you see any evidence of any tunneling when you did your digging and dividing last year? Any tunneling in the roots or in the, the rhizomes, any mushiness? Um, no, they were all pretty healthy. I mean, you get the odd one where it's rotten inside mm-hmm. because they're really, really big. Mm-hmm. But to all the ones that I transplanted, they were all pretty nice. Okay, good, because that's the other thing. There is an insect called an iris borer yeah. that bores into the rhizomes and does cause them to just turn to mush. Right. So whenever we see evidence of tunneling or mushiness, that's just compost right away or eliminated right off the property. We never keep right. any of those and What I noticed bits. this year is that the leaves are so beautiful and clean and mm-hmm. big. All that rain is very good for the for our garden plants. The weeds yeah. are green, big and green. I'm finding too. So yeah. you know what? Have you did you fertilize at all this spring? Uh, yes, I have. You have. Okay. Well, you know what? Mind, mind you, I, I I only put plain old. Um, fertilizer that I use on my vegetables. That's fine. No, you don't need anything special. That's fine. So, okay, well, what I would do is, um, it sounds to me like, you you know, you've obviously been growing these for quite a number of years and you have a good idea of what they need and when they need it. So uh, my impulse would would be to say, okay, let's just say this was the first year in those locations might be, you know, just getting settled in. Number two, it's been very cold and very damp, which is not iris um, temperatures or weather. Iris is like hot and dry. So let's just say, okay, maybe this spring or this early summer, they're not going to be as great. And next year, they're going to be better. Mm -hmm. If not, you call us next year. Okay. All right. All right. Like I said, I'm very, very proud of these iris. I can sounds they sound very lovely. So thank you, Grace, and best of luck with that. So this is my first time coming. I know. Hey, that's right. Congratulations. Got your little bell twice. There you go. Thank you. And I'm sorry, the show has... uh, yeah, and you too. Have a, have a great day, and thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, and we'll have to leave some folks on the line. But, hey, call next week, early, call early, call often, one question, question per, per call. call. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, the, the boys are in the, the room uh, ready to get going Revving in the Dave's Corner engines. Garage. Yeah. And, and you? Have... I am all set to get revved up and come back at noon for the, mm. the diners. So mm. I'm busy. You're yeah, off I'm, to a... Tomorrow, I'm off to the casino. Yeah. Today, I'm off to... <laughs> the garden. <laughs> there you go. So mulch. It's mulch time of year. Get the mulch down. If it does stop raining, we are going to want to protect the moisture that's in the soil. And organic mulches is one of the best ways to do that. Some great information today. Charlie, thank you. Thank you, Frank. Thank you to all the callers. Couldn't do the show without them. And James Patrick Dooley, too. See you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.